2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to Busted Open's The Master's Class. This is where our Hall of Fame staff takes you, the Busted Open Nation, the school. You can only get the Master's Class exclusively on the Busted Open Podcast. Don't forget, you can listen to Busted Open live for three hours, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 156, Sirius XM Fight Nation. But the Masters Class, you only get right here on the Busted Open Podcast. And this week, we have a very special episode. Myself and Hall of Famer Mark Henry talked to one of the true Masters of the Ring Probably maybe one of the smartest men in the history of pro wrestling. William Regal joins us for this special episode of the Masters Class. The legendary
3: William oh. Regal, sir, how are you oh, this morning? Oh gracious me! Legendary, I wouldn't go that far. No,
2: oh stop it.
3: Take your flowers. Fire.
2: Take your flowers while I you're can, above can't. ground.
3: No, no, that's that's. I mean, so can't we had. <laughs>
2: Mr. Regal, you and Dave Lagreca suffer from the same thing, oh. and that, that is man? not being able. To... It's, it's a good thing, though. It's, it's 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 humbleness. It's it's being um, it's being respectful to not pat yourself on the back so much. But oh, you no. guys no. both, both you guys need to accept the pats on the back every now and then. You do a great job, you've mentored me and and hundreds of other guys, probably thousands, that wouldn't have the life that they have without some of that tutelage. We had a good conversation the other day, and I came away from that conversation going, there needs to be more men like William Regal in the business, because you're a straight shooter. If I'm not doing something, you're gonna tell me, Mark, that was the shits. You do, you do you need to do better, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot, a lot, a lot I can take it. That, you would say it a lot more polite and respectfully, yes, I would, yeah. but yes, I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with criticism, and you give criticism better and in a like Dusty Rhodes. You and Dusty were the two most creative way um like you the you mentally were able to get into guy's heads and go hey if you change this and you do this like i can't make you do it but if you do it on your own this is this would be the end result greatness like well the, where, the, who the think that is, for mom you? The,
3: the, right so the people who did that for me were as i consider the greatest wrestlers of all time because i grew up watching British wrestling and I didn't see American wrestling until two years after I was already a wrestler. That's hard for anybody to understand now because you can say everything. But all, all I grew up with was watching For 33 years there was wrestling at four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon on ITV in, in, in Britain. And I grew up watching that. And then every two weeks I went to the local uh, city and watched wrestling. And in the summer times, wherever we went on, on like day trips or vacations, my, my father took me to see wrestling. So once I got in the, the, the wrestling game, I went through starting when I went through in Blackpool at the, at the fairground and stuff. And then by the time I was 17, I got introduced to a fellow called Marty Jones, who was without doubt one of the pioneers of, of modern day wrestling uh, him and, and a guy called mark rocco who was later to be black tiger in japan and it's so that started there as soon as i'd gone through training getting retrained by marty when i was 17 by the time i was 18 having his sort of name on with me that i'd stuck it out with him because he it didn't it wasn't a you know he, he was trained by billy robinson for when he was six right he was he was very much um put through the ringer and so that led to fit finley and a guy called pete roberts and terry Rudge and dave taylor and it, this incredible array of people that gave to me and taught me sometimes just life lessons, sometimes hard lessons, but I was around and wrestled the best people you could possibly wrestle from being 18 onwards. Then I, I sort of grew to be, you know, I I went when I was 17, I was wrestling full time. I went from being five foot 11 and 170 pounds to being six foot three and 170 pounds in six months. And so I was all like arms and legs, but I grew to be tall and, and become a heavyweight. And by the time I was 20, Dave, Taylors, you know well, uh, and then Terry Rudge and Pete Roberts and Tony Sinclair and all these people that were great British heavyweights and, and then people like Fit and, and, and all these people, they put me into going all over the world. So I, for, from 20 to 24, I went everywhere. <clears throat> because they went everywhere. They used to take those kind of fellas to other countries to uh, give the, they used to say, give give the job credibility. So if you put those kind of solid British heavyweights on, which Billy Robinson sort of came um, to America and and brought that um, and, and made it popular, that kind of style, you had to be able to do that. But without all those fellas helping me, I wouldn't be here today. There's a lot of people. I could go on and on. We haven't got time for that now. There's many, many people that helped me in that, you know, first part of my career. And I've just naturally liked that anyway. But I've always felt if I don't do that and I won't force it on anybody, I'm not going to go up and, you know, if they want to ask me, yeah. um, I, I I, don't think I'm doing my job right. I, I, I just, it, it's not about, getting getting anything out of it and you know mark i don't want thanks for anything i've I've never asked anybody i walk away if you try and thank me i get embarrassed it's just the way i am i don't need thanks for anything but and and people think that i do a certain style no i grew up doing all kinds of different stuff i really wanted to be when i was sort of 17 i wanted to be like a hard it in what is called cruiserweight now because that's what marty jones and mark Rocco and an early fit finley were they were like you know they weren't heavyweights they you know they grew uh, different different like marty and, and and uh fit grew to be uh, bigger guys but they weren't at first and they used to go well i just didn't have the skill set for that i just didn't have the athletic ability but luckily I grew to six foot three and and I got bigger and, you know, and, and I was a mad conditioning freak. So I trained and, and did all the squats and the push ups and whatever I got to where I, I could do that. I sort of worked like those, like a, more like a, it was a thing we used to have. Terry Rudge taught me this. All wrestlers should wrestle like a big cat. Right. Um, and there was strict weight classes in Europe. There was lightweights and for every, every, Like every weight class, there was a British championship, European championship, world championship. So there was lightweights, middleweights, heavy middleweights, heavyweights. Um, And he said that lightweight should wrestle like a cheetah, middleweight should wrestle like a panther, heavy middleweight should wrestle like a tiger, and heavyweight should wrestle like a lion. And if you think of the way we move as wrestlers – it's all, it is like a big cat. We stalk things, we swat at things, we, we we drag things. So it really gives you a different outlook on how to do this. So I wanted to be, I, I tried to be more like a tiger cross line because that's all I could do. I couldn't quite go the full tiger route of doing all the hard hitting cruise away. So I just couldn't do it because I couldn't do, you know, I just wasn't that kind of, I, I haven't got that build. Number. But, yeah, I'm not nimble, no, I'm not nimble at all. But you know, I can. Without these fellas giving me all this information, I wouldn't get. I wouldn't have got here. Once I got to America when I was 24, everybody, uh, what you saw was nearly 10 years of me going through I and mean, working ridiculous amounts of times. Then we talk about working, you know, like several times a day in the summer seasons in England because they used to always have afternoon shows and night shows so i used to do 20 week summer seasons like that when i was 16 and 17 and 18 and then again, it just work 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 you know 200 and mm-hmm, I was, yeah, I was a lot away from reps. England. a lot of reps i was away from england in 1992 for 9 months um and wow. it, it's it's just constant work and 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 that was and then worked in england for 3 months at like seven nights well i wouldn't say seven but between 5 and 7 nights a week so he's just reps, but also reps against the best people. That, not only Europeans, but because it was such a thriving scene there, Japanese guys and and people from all over you, all over the world, really, all, all sort of came to Europe. And we, so I have that, and I don't feel right because they, I wouldn't be here without them, without giving back, and that's that's been my whole thing. Again, I won't ever go up to anybody and say, look, hey, let's backtrack. The last 10 years, that's been my job. You know, there's so much I can do, but the one thing I would do is every time you came to the curtain, because that was what I was told to do, if you were in NXT, I'm the person telling you, maybe you want to work on your pins. You know, yes, that was a great match, but maybe you want to work on your pins. Maybe you want to work on, you know, your strikes. And So that was a job then, but I'd still do it very politely. If that's not my job, I'm still going to do that anyway. If you come to me and ask me for any advice, plus I'll give you 10 years worth at a minimum. I can, in an hour, I can give you save 10 years of your career by telling you not what to do. Just don't do a load of the things that I've done and made mistakes so I can catch you up. So you can save 10 years of my 30 year wrestling career by just asking me not what to do. I can quickly fill you in and it's whether you want to listen or not. Wow. But then if you want to really stick around, you've got to, Then you've got to put up with me, like showing you why you do this, why you do that. You know, at the end of the day, wrestling can be all kinds of different styles, but you've got to remember, in this again, only my opinion, you are a a portraying a trained professional fighter with instincts. Doesn't matter what style you do, that's what professional wrestlers are. And if you go in with that mindset and then add your skill set, it can it can add to that. Right? If if that makes any sense. Doesn't matter if you're doing comedy wrestling, no matter what style of wrestling, it's just that you still should go in there with the mindset of being a trained professional fighter with instinct. And that's what I do is detail. So that's what I like to do. So it's a long answer to a a question, but yes, and and I can talk for There's another thing I can do, and it's this is the one thing I say about myself, and you know this, Mark, I can read people quicker than they wish they could. It's, it's just one of my skills, right? So I, I can look in your eyes and I, I can be explained because I've seen so much and it's not, not about me. It's about me just seeing all these great people or travelling around the world, seeing it done differently and whatever and living through all these experiences and every show I've ever been on, I've watched all the matches and stuff. I can see in your eyes when I'm talking to you, whether you are going to, whatever whatever way I'm trying to explain something, whether it's it's clicking with you. And I never try to say anything to anybody and I say I have at least five five different ways of putting it to them and five different ways that I've seen it done. So, because not everybody retains information the same way. So if I see them and, and I'm looking in their eyes and they go, that's not clicking with them. Okay. And then I'll just give them, I'll give them another example from, oh, I saw this fellow do this or this lady do this when I was there. And all of a sudden you see the sparks going off, right? And they're okay. So we we get the same message, um, but that's what I I have a strict rule about that. I will never say anything to anybody if you don't have five different ways that I've seen it done. So we get there eventually. Does that make sense?
1: It makes a lot of sense. It makes perfect sense. And, Mark, you know, because I've uh, – sir, this is the first time that we've met or ever spoken, and I obviously know your reputation of being a teacher and being a mentor – your explanation now I understand why because it takes a great teacher and a great mentor to know and to to look into somebody's mm-hmm. eyes and see that something's not clicking and it's not it's not getting through and then finding another way another path to get that message across and it seems like that's definitely it, it a gift. Time, that
3: that's the thing that uh, <laughs> with Daniel Bryan and, and and people who have been around me, that's the thing though. I, it, I'm not a good start-from-scratch start trainer. My my brain is going at a million miles an hour when it comes to wrestling. And so I, I'm going to... There'll be somebody after me. Hang on. That's okay. How dare you call when I'm trying to make a call? Oh, dear me. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's... Um, my brain's going at a million miles an hour, so people need to be really at least somewhat trained before I start talking to them because it's it's over their heads. You, you, you can't blame they, anybody they won't for get it. being yeah, where they are, right? And, and I'm not a I'm left-handed and I don't know my left from my rights. So I, I'm not good at explaining. I, you know, I can show you how to do things well and, and whatever else, but I'm not very good at I, I need people who are at a certain level and then I can start upping the game a little bit if you're willing to sit and listen to all this stuff that just comes out of me, because wherever I start, and you know this, Mark, we'll go around the houses or around the mountains about it'll trigger something else off and something else. But we eventually, if you've got the time, we'll get back to that point and probably learn another 50 lessons in, in, in that conversation. But I can't do that to a, a huge group of people. That's Some people have great skills of that, of communicating with great you know, people, the job I've just come from. I can only connect with about out of hundred people that were there, I can connect with probably about twelve to twenty of them.
1: Well, two Over of the guys t- and that, that
3: takes time. Yeah, that and that takes and two of the, time, two, right?
1: Yeah. And two of the guys that have definitely clicked for it ha- would be Moxley and and yes. and Brian Danielson that you're working with now in AEW.
3: I think so, yeah. I'd like to think that, yes, because Brian especially, because he came uh, 22 years ago now. In fact, uh, just last month, March will be 22 years. Wow. I, he, he came when I came back to the WWE in, in 2000. Um, for the first six months, I was in Memphis at the developmental system, and I wasn't supposed to be the trainer, um, but the trainer just wasn't turning up. And I like to train, and and I, I was just trying to get myself back up to scratch because I'd been obviously documented me being off the rails for about 18 months before that. Um, And they turned up in my life. Um, It was, um, you know, a group of guys that had just come from Shawn Michaels school and Brian being one of them. And I saw him have a match with Brian Kendrick on the first night that I met them. And I'm like, wow, these fellas have, because they were the guys that were, they'd been trained by at Shawn's school but they also had this education of watching Japanese wrestling and they're just doing this stuff and they're wrestling like, there's a term like that. Sometimes I, I think that's missing a bit nowadays. They were wrestling like they were hungry. Wow. And I, I I know the difference. And, and they were wrestling, it was all coming from here, right? All coming from there because they were trying to prove something. And then they wanted to, they, they, So we we, we were never apart for the next five months. We used to do 10 days on, three days off there. So I'd I'd be there for 10 days, come up. Well, we had nothing else to do except for do wrestling for 10 days. And and I didn't because I was trying to, they helped me. as, And and there's a, there's a myth about me and I trained Brian. No, I didn't train Brian. I was fortunate enough to meet Brian and to train with him. That's a big difference. I didn't train Brian. Brian was already good. We just he, he picked my brain because he he, he liked the British stuff. I, I introduced him to because he introduced me to watching certain types of Japanese stuff because I I, I was always a New Japan guy. I wrestled for New Japan, so he, he introduced me to watching old Japan. Um, and it because he had tapes and then I got some tapes sent over from England of old British stuff and we watched that and then he, he just well show me more of that. Well, the stuff that I knew and a lot of it I didn't do anymore because. I wasn't on with the kind of people that did that in America. So it just all grew. And then through my relationship with him and with, with Brian Kendrick, a lot of the younger guys really, like, the word got out. Basically, they want a match that they had started Ring of Honor. And so my word got out that if any of them came into contact with me, I, I, I'm i an open book. If, as long as you want to work hard, I will help you. And you don't, you know, I'm, I, but... It's like, it wasn't just about me. It was about, I I loved it because they're giving me ideas and I'm seeing them do stuff now. I've never seen that at all. So it was just a constant thing of that, of growing. And and people don't realise how much of that I I had to do with at that time. But all of those, not all of them, but there's a lot of those early guys used to send me their stuff from Ring of Honor and their different independent stuff. And they'd send it, Brian didn't, because he's too cheap to send the postage. you know, (laughs) everybody else,
2: um,
3: you know, (laughs) he's the person person who gets the, who gets the, like me and him get connected, but he never sent me anything because it's too cheap, but everybody else did and his stuff was on it. So I was getting all those DVDs and like, and then, then, then that led at the same time in March of 2000, I met Samoa Joe, I met John Cena. I met because they sent me from Memphis to they sent me to UPW in to do a three day seminar and again I got to meet a new group and Chris Daniels was there and Frankie Kazarian and people. so I, I had connections with all these people from That's 2000 amazing. onwards.
1: William Regal, thank you so much for appearing on the Masters Class this week. We have to get you on again. This has been simply phenomenal. Mark, you always say about giving. The flowers and definitely have to give flowers to William Regal for the time he spent with us on the Masters class today. We got to get him back on again. Thank you to William Regal. Thanks to you, the Busted Open Nation. Of course, don't forget to subscribe and comment and rate the Masters class, the Busted Open Podcast. And if you feel like it, and we would really love if you did, listen to our daily show for three hours live Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on SiriusXM. Fight Nation Channel 156. Uh, Don't forget also to get our shirts, our hoodies, our hats. Go to PodSwag.com slash Busted Open for all Busted Open merchandise. For myself, for Mark Henry, and William Regal, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on Busted Open's The Masters Class. Busted Open is part of the XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas.